Was The Mandalorian Episode 8 good? And was The Mandalorian Season 1 good? I'm your host, Ravi, joined as always by Krishna and Arjuna, my two brothers. That's me. You're No, you're one of, one of them. No, I am collectively all three Ramgopal brothers. Oh, boy. Anyway, guys, Happy New Year's. This is the first Was It Good podcast of 2020. Woo! We've been doing this for a while now. This is our Shit, third yeah. year doing Was It Good. That's crazy. This is officially the longest podcast I believe we have ever done. This is also the longest thing I've ever done. <laughs> is it really? Yeah, I quit everything usually. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> you, you do quit most Wait, you've things. Wait, you've never had a job that's gone this long? Oh, uh, oh shit. Have you not? <laughs> really? uh, oh, I can't believe we just God. have some dead air while Christian's trying <laughs> yeah, to figure sorry. this out. I don't think I have. Wow. I'm sorry. That is, that is anyway, we're, not, we're not talking Christian's job what? experience or... Him quitting on things or anything like that. We're talking Mandalorian. We're talking the baby Yoda. Mm. This is our 65th episode. Oh, for love of God. Stop giving facts away. Arjuna, you're going to start this section off. It's our one-word impression. What's your one-word impression of Mandalorian episode eight? Redemption. I'm going to go. <laughs> you know, I actually forgot what the episode was called. I was going to go with Redemption. No, you weren't. I, I know. I, su- I swear. I swear I was because, like, this redeems Star Wars. But you go with redemptive. I'm going to go with. <laughs> I'm going to go with something very simple. Uh, amazing. Not Amazeballs? Not Amazeballs. Wow. Get rid of the balls. <laughs> this is a professional podcast. We are professionals. Uh, no, I'm going to go with Amazing simply because I think what the finale of The Mandalorian was able to do and what The Mandalorian was able to do was amazing to me. It has, you know, I've always been a Star Wars fan, but it's really revitalized my interest in Star Wars. Is it a perfect show? No. But I think it was an amazing show because it has done what I felt like Star Wars could always do, which is open up this huge world into doing so many different types of stories. Mm-hmm. It, it reminds me of a lot of the things I do love about Star Wars, which isn't necessarily the main movies. It's a lot of the supplementary content, the video games, the books, the toys. Um, that's what The Mandalorian was able to do. It was able to grow, grow on that. Uh, especially under the new ownership of Disney, which has obviously been a big talking point, you know, for half a decade at this point. Mm. So I really liked that, and it was amazing. Nice. I'm kind of sad you didn't use Amazeballs. I'm not going to lie. Thank you. <sighs> Thank you. So you you uh, admit then that that is a great word. No, it's a stupid word. Only dumbass it would use it. Christian, what's your one-word impression? So kind of similar. <laughs> kind of similar. Uh, my word, one word is going to be roots. I felt like The Mandalorian really went back to its roots or the roots of Star Wars. What makes Star Wars great? The the cute and also creepy animatronics. The simple story and then allowing the the world around it to sort of be the setting instead of the setting being like the central part. Like, you know, it was a very simple story, right? Um you know, I, I just felt like the way it was even filmed, uh, the locations, the just so much about it reminded me a lot of the original trilogy of Star Wars, what made people fall in love with Star Wars. And this is really, I think, the first thing since Return of the Jedi that oh, wow. has felt like that, right? Episode 1, 2, and 3, no, that didn't really feel like that. Yep. And the new trilogy certainly uh, does not feel like that, so... That is why my word is roots, because they've they've done it. They did it. Do it. Go back to your roots. No, I mean, I th- you hit the nail on the head, right? The biggest problem, yeah, one, two, and three probably have, 
biggest problems seven, eight, and nine definitely have mm. is it's a lot of world building. Yeah, it's a lot of this big picture, big end of the universe, end of the galaxy yeah. type stories. While this is a very direct dude in a mask, weird creature thing running around causing all sorts of fun. Yeah, it's like the new stuff is basically flash over substance. Yeah, and then this really just like flipped that. You know, not every episode needed to have the big giant space battle or the epic gun scene, right? In fact, some of the best moments I would say in the show are none of those things. It's like the little interaction with Baby Yoda or the the interaction between the two uh, storm troopers. Scout uh, troopers. Scout troopers. There we Be go. Be respectful. Yes, yes. At the beginning of this last episode, right? I Classic, James. I think that was the best, you know, might have been the best part of the entire show was that interaction with those two guys. So... You're, that's your well favorite done. moment? Maybe, uh, maybe. I'm still processing. Wow, wow, we'll wow, get wow, to wow. favorite moments, I'm sure. But. <laughs> As always, with one word impressions, I come super, super prepared. And obviously my... And that's your word, prepared. Thank you very much, Randy. <laughs> no, my word is going to be... Um, I don't... I, trooper? Can, can, you, can that... Yeah, Does that not? work? Yeah, trooper? Yeah, trooper, sure. Trooper. But and why, though? R- because we got so many cool variants of the Stormtrooper. Mm. Some of the most obscure ones, like, for example, the Flamethrower Trooper, mm-hmm. which is just hilarious because you've only, I think, in canon, in the new Disney canon, the only time he's at that Trooper variant has appeared is in Battlefront, the first Battlefront. Um, Battlefront 1? Yeah, Battlefront 1. Wait, under really? EA, yeah. I believe that's the first time in canon that we've seen some kind of visualization of it. And the fact that they they brought that out was really, really cool. And then also what's interesting is that variant is a 501st person. I'm not sure which one it is, but if you're watching or out there, let us know. (laughs) Make yourself know. Come on the podcast. We're famous now. What was it like? (laughs) I want to know what was it like to go around with a flamethrower and then have a tiny little creature send this ball of fire right back at you. Hmm. And then all your armor to just be burned and then also we got death troopers yeah death, death trooper galore i mean yeah. i'm still upset about death troopers because of rogue one yeah. and how stupid they came off but with things like star wars rebels where they were in there for a little bit um them showing up in here they've also shown them in some of the the marvel uh comic tie-ins and stuff that have come marvel? out well, Marvel writes some of those comics now. Oh, oh, Wars. oh, I see what you're saying. That Marvel Disney synergy. Star man. Wars comics. Oh. Uh, so they've shown up. So they're kind of slowly being redeemed very, very slowly. So it's always good when they get like a cool. I thought they were a little underpowered, though. They were a little powered down in The Mandalorian. This is five years later. It's true, right? And this is, this is the remnants of the Empire, but they still seemed, you know, like one Death Trooper is supposed to be uh, quite a bit to take on and. I'm not. I'm not saying that the Mandalorian grief and Kara are like bad warriors. Schlubs, schlubs. Yeah. <laughs> but it just seemed a little too easy to take them out. Wait, are we sure? Like, where where is that? Where is that known that they are supposed to be like? I know, obviously, yeah, they're supposed to be like really good. One but are the, they actually that good? One of the visual guides. Uh, I don't think one of them have the Death Trooper in there, and it basically lists off like they're supposed to be the best of the best. The abilities. Um, they are. The equivalent, supposedly, of, like, spec ops or special forces or special whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But they're trained more in the sense of, like, personal bodyguard types situations than anything else. Yeah. You only ever see them usually with kind of moths or um, uh, grand admirals, essentially. So, like, the big, big, big wigs. And they're they're typical, like, personal guard. Hmm. So. I like that they're so tall. Like and and Rogue One, I think the reason they were disappointing in Rogue One 
was that them being tall meant nothing. Yeah. Whereas in this, uh, I think they got into like some hand-to-hand combat. Yeah. And it, you could see the size difference, and I thought that was like a, a very effective way to sort of show that these these are not your average stormtroopers, yeah. right? So I I feel like the size in terms of like intimidation are super important. So if you're gonna show a death trooper, like maybe maybe show that. And yeah, they like and they get did. into the hand to hand combat, get into those situations where it's like yeah. clearly this is horrifying to go against. Yeah. Um fun fact though about death troopers, in the expanded universe, the death trooper was like the zombie trooper. Oh and wow. that the Empire had experimented with like, hey, we've got all these dead troopers. What do we do with them? Makes oh, I know. Bring them back from the dead. Makes so much sense after Rise of Skywalker, right? I, yeah, like cloning I mean, yeah, and cloning and all, all that. Fun spoilers stuff. for all the stuff, but you know, we're just spoiling Star Wars yeah, for sorry. everybody. So that means our one-word impression sentence is from the beginning: "Amazing Roots Trooper." <laughs> what doesn't make sense? It sounds like a cool trooper variant. Yeah, like well, a trooper who went back to his roots and was amazing at the circus. Hmm, okay. Uh, actually, last thing on the trooper thing, though, and more specifically with the opening of this episode. So this episode was directed by uh, Arjuna. I know you know how to pronounce his name, so go ahead. Taika Waititi. Uh, who, for if you don't know who he is, he directed such great things as Jojo Rabbit, uh, Thor, Thor Ragnarok. Ragnarok. He Hunt is for the Wilder People. Hunt for the Wilder People. Um, he's a great director. Funny as fuck. Um, and the intro for this, obviously, was the two scout troopers yes. just going back and forth, making goofy conversation, saying things like, oh, I want to see <laughs> what is this thing. Taika also plays the IG unit. Yep, he plays the IG so unit as well. Um, but I thought what was amazing with the scout troopers when, when they were trying to shoot they were like practice shooting, and yeah, they just oh could God. not make the shot. It was a really nice like <laughs> troopers suck. The yeah. whole the whole intro was great. Just just the the banter between the two because it was Jason Sudeikis, who was one of the scout troopers. Oh wow, really? Yeah, he yeah. voiced. I, I don't think he was actually in the armor. <laughs> I think they they did the voices in post. Mm. But he voiced one, and then I forget who the other actor who did the other voice was. It was I think an SNL type of guy. Mm. And the banter was great. Just you know, I want to see the baby. Like you just want to see the baby. And then I think the pe- the moment everyone's talking about from that is the punching of Baby Yoda <laughs> in the bag. Yeah, how can you like show it that? was like? Well, they didn't right. You just see a bag get punched. But yeah. the baby was that. You know, there was a. They should have put. They should have put a warning after the episode or something like Baby Yoda was not harmed in the making. Of yeah, it's, it's amazing how crazy child abuse. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but they are yeah. the Empire. Yeah, they are ba- the bad, bad guys. Yeah, no, yeah. that's true. You know? That's true. So. I mean, and they they do get beaten up, so you don't you don't want, that's the thing, right? So you don't want to make them too likable, yeah. Because otherwise, then you're like, oh are no, they, are they beaten or are they dead? It doesn't matter. Either yeah. way, right? Sure. Whether dead or not, you can't make them too likable. Otherwise, <laughs> you feel bad when they die or get right. beaten up. Whereas not the punching babies, no, kill them. Especially if it's Baby Yoda, right? <laughs> so. It justified the whole thing, apparently. Uh, <laughs> wow. Oh, okay. <laughs> Well, Alrighty. I'm just saying, though, it, it makes <laughs> sense. All righty, then. All righty, then. Don't make me the bad guy. I mean, the internet will do that for for you, so don't worry. Oh. Well, for us, actually, not for you. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that obviously, that's definitely for me. I think that's for all of us, right, was definitely the highlight. I think that, that was banter. an interesting highlight. Yeah. What did we think of uh, – I, I didn't put this on here, but I just remembered – the IG-11 arc. Loved know. it. Love that it. It, the, the, what happens, obviously, in, in the very first second episode, mm-hmm. we meet the unit, and then it 
dies. Mm-hmm. So no, that's the first episode. I'm sorry, not yeah. the second. It's episode. the last scene of the first, first episode. episode, right? Yeah. You meet the IG unit. It's a killer. They have this fun banter. He kills the IG unit to save Baby Yoda, mm-hmm. and then obviously it comes back in episode seven with the funny montage of it being trained by Quill. Yeah, and then. You know, you get the the big epic moment of the IG unit coming, and then he comes in with the with the uh, scout bike and just you know, yeah, fuck stormtroopers up essentially, and yep. then in the in the, the scene, and then you even see the job. I'm like, what, what, what? Yeah, and, like, the two stormtroopers die. Yeah. It's just like, what? it's it was simple. It was you could totally see it coming. There was not there was no subtlety to it. Sure, but I still loved it. Yeah, I still it, it was a it was a simple arc. It was a a cliche arc, really. Right. Be, to be honest, but it doesn't matter Th- to me. It didn't. It didn't matter because it was well done. It IG Eleven clearly is providing, you know, a little bit of comic relief. Uh, well, then again, most of the show is comic relief. There's so many like funny parts and sure. moments, you know, and then also like providing the uh, that uh, the the man Mando's fear of droids and uh, how that starts to change. So yeah, I mean, he is you know the IG unit even says like you're sad. Because you can hear in his voice that he's sad that this unit who saved his life, right? Yeah. They do the back to, they do the back to, um, what's it called? The the back to. Oh, thing. oh, like the back to thing on his head. Yeah, what the back to juice? No, not juice. Oh, basically, Mist. it's like a healing thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And you actually see the Mandalorian's face. You see Pedro Pascal. That that's where he made all his money, and. <laughs> That's where he made all. Of it. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I um, mean, how do we know he was on set for the rest of it? Well, no, <laughs> we we know for a fact like he wasn't in all of it, and there was actually a cool, um, there was a cool tweet or Instagram post that came out. I think the day after episode eight um, aired, that showed the two stunt doubles that were also in there. Yeah, because they did a great job of kind of having to like. Obviously, episode one, we um, I believe he is in episode one, right? Most of it. But they had to obviously like follow him around and understand his manners and how sure. he moves. And it's a shared like I think episode four, Pedro's not in the episode, like physically not there at all. Yeah. Mm. So it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, but IG, yeah, you, you go through this whole arc and then the IG unit sacrifices itself, and, and it's interesting. You kind of see a little bit of sentience with the droid because it's overcoming some of its basic programming. Mm-hmm. You know, the Mandalorian, everyone calls him out. It's like, well, this, you know, your programming is to survive, and this doesn't make sense. So I just thought that was int- I thought that was honestly interesting. I'm I'm interested, you know, obviously droids are a big part of this show and I'm interested to see what they continue to do with it. I think the Mandalorian said in even one of the episodes like uh it's a droid it can't overcome its programming. He's like that's not what I've seen before. So mm-hmm. I I wonder if there's more to just his village and his parents being massacred by droids. Mm. Um yeah, and um, actually, let's talk. Let's let's move into that because we yeah. finally get kind of the full Mandalorian backstory. One of I think Christian's early on observations. You said I think in episode one, you said the Mandalorian is not a Mandalorian, mm-hmm. and you were right, nail on the head. Mm-hmm. We've come to realize that he is not following. He's not Mandalorian in the sense of he was born and raised on Mandalore. He's a Mandalorian in the sense that he follows a creed. Yeah. Because they're no longer a people, right? It is right. just a creed. It's just a creed. I, I think there there are definitely still Mandalorians out there, but they're very. It seems like there's few far, and far few. between. Yep. Yeah, he was a foundling, foundling, right. much like Baby Yoda. But we learn, obviously, the biggest. I think the big, the coolest thing, the coolest thing, was the flashback to whatever planet he was on, 
Uh, I'm not talking specifically like his parents being died. That wasn't cool. <laughs> but uh, Death Watch showing yeah, up Death and Watch. shooting up some Confederate, um, some CIS soldier or robots, and then getting yeah. getting him in a jetpack and then flying away. Yeah. Um, it is confirmed for those watching and listening. Uh, it is obviously Death Watch. We see their uh, sigil, see the sigil on the shoulder. Mm. Um, what do I mean, because everything we know about Death Watch prior to that moment was that they're a terrorist group. Like, there's a lot of bad. there's a lot of interest there, obviously, because Death Watch has a very rich history uh, in the prequel series. Thanks, thank you know, due to Clone Wars and Rebels. Yeah, honestly, so it's interesting to kind of pinpoint. Well, where exactly is this in Death Watch's history? Is this, you know, is this one of the splinter groups after Darth Maul has taken over Death Watch, or is it before that? Is it, is yeah. it after? Um, the John Favreau voice character, you know, pre Vizsla, yeah, yeah, had kind of brought them back. So it, it's interesting. You, you're kind of trying to piece together, like where exactly. But you are aware is this moment. You are aware though the entire uh, Death Troop storyline, for the most part, is only over like two years, less than two years. For sure, it's very very small period. That, that, and, and that's and that's what's that's what's interesting to try and figure out. Like, is this pre? Is this like between? Is this like early episode two? Like, if you go by the Star Wars movies, right? Yeah. Um, it's hard to say. Oh, you mean uh, the actual right. event? It, yeah. Is this, like, is this before any of what you've seen of Death Watch in the Clone Wars? And, like, is this – was did, – what, did they definitely do terrorist stuff? But did they also do some – Maybe that's pre-corruption. Because they're Wait, talking – right? you said red. early two, episode two. Are you talking Star Wars episode two? Mm-hmm. Remember, the Clone Wars doesn't kick off until – After episode two. Yeah. Yeah, I'm saying, is this, is this pre the show? Oh, oh, because oh, the war is going the on. The rebel show, gotcha, yeah, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. I mean, um, Clone War show, right? Mm. Also, the CIS exists between episodes one and two. You've seen the droids and everything, so it honestly could be between episodes one. But not and that two. model of droid. The, that uh, model of droid is not released until the battle on Geonosis. Geonosa. Geonosis. Geonosis. Well, it's the scene there the first time, but do we know definitively that was the first? occurrence of it but you're not going to have the army out and about before the kickoff of the war attacking some rando village or city or whatever well actually it would be city because when they fly up you see a whole bunch of sure, stuff happening sure. it's interesting they also they made the bots more menacing it, was, it reminded me of Battlestar Galactica a little bit in terms oh, of the, the actual uh, droids? Yeah, the, the hmm. battle droids. Yeah. They were much more menacing, which is because it, it makes sense. It's from the perspective of a child. Hmm. They're, you know, murderers, while the droids in the, really, the movies are kind of played off as, you know, idiots. Mm. Mostly. Uh, we do have a comment, actually, from uh, Crisis Cal. Thank you for uh, listening. Um, they said uh, that it was confirmed uh, post, post-Clone Wars pre-Episode 3. The uh the flashback with Death Watch, so so it's between uh, two and three. It's somewhere in that time period. Yeah, which which would make a lot of yeah. sense, right? So when exactly does Darth Maul? It's take between over? episodes two and three. Yeah, during, <laughs> I mean, during the clo- like, during the around, Clone Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, yeah. honestly, that that was it. A three year gap between two episodes two and three. It's two and a bit. There's so much canon <laughs> in between there. There's there's shows. There's yeah. you know there's so much. That two year time span is so defined. It's hard to fit anything else in there. Like, I wonder if you could actually go like day by day of like might, you might this happened, this happened, <laughs> then this happened. You wonder so if much. the Lucas Group, because you know, obviously they're the keepers of the continuity. Mm. They probably you could honestly go day by day. You, you might have that whole war honestly 
conceptualized. Yeah. I don't know how much more you can fit in. Yeah. It's, a, it's very interesting because uh, episode two, right? Attack of the Clones. Uh, I think many consider it like the worst Star Wars movie uh, for many people. And it's like, now you have like things like the Clone Wars mm-hmm. animated show. And now we have like even the Mandalorian, like sort of like not redeeming it, but just giving it like, sl- like much New more of a rich, yeah. like a rich background to sure. it. You know, I don't think it'll, it'll never redeem the movie. Right. But a lot of the stuff in the movie we're talking about, you know, it's important. So I think that's really interesting. Well, I mean, who, who said it? I mean. Star Wars, the the original nine films, if you will, just the Skywalker saga, whatever. Um, in terms of its like scoring, right? It's all the way at like the twenties, and it's all the way up in like the eighties, nineties, whatever. Sure. So some of it's really good, some of it's really really bad. Yeah. But the nice thing is, all these other Star Wars properties, Mandalorian, Rebels, whatever, they all touch upon all of that lush and rich mm-hmm. history, which is great. Yeah. I think also what I like about Star Wars is you can ask a hundred people and they'll give you different responses of what their favorite movies are, what their favorite trilogies are. You know, I don't think it's like a universal like the prequel trilogy was bad. There are a lot of people that like the prequel trilogy. That's true. There are a lot of people that like the sequel trilogy. There you are see, obviously you a seem lot of to people. forget that the first time we saw the Phantom Menace, we watched it I think three times back to back. Granted, we were like we were kids, eight or nine or whatever. But prequel <laughs> trilogy is perfect for children. And I'm a child. I don't know if I go perfect, but uh, you were you well you were you were almost a teenager though when it came out. Yeah, Remember that? you're 12. When yeah, you were you were angsty. You hated everyone. And That's everything. true. I so did. you're 12. Still but do. think about it. I'm I'm seven, and Ravi's what nine? Perfect. So perfect, perfect age, age for us. Mm. Nine, ten. So. Okay, we're talking obviously all the pauses of of the Mandalorian. You know, Flame Troopers opening. Um, were there any kind of like things you didn't like about this episode there was nothing uh that i like specifically didn't like or hated i think the only thing that i was like i I think i wanted more from was um uh the moth moth gideon i just wanted more from him like uh you know and i'm sure i'm sure he's gonna play a huge part and obviously in the series going forward and uh don't let's We'll we'll get there. Yeah, we'll we'll <laughs> get there. I mean, that was the Dark best. Saber. I mean, I, I actually forgot about that until you just said that. But um, like, I, I just wanted. I didn't quite get the the Breaking Bad menacing vibes that I wanted. Yeah, you know it what I'm wasn't saying? as like we've seen this this actor. Yeah, Jean and we know Carlo what he we know Esposito. what he's we know what he's capable of. Yeah. And we didn't quite get it. But you know what? I I trust the show because if anything, they've shown that they're going to be extremely patient with it. Yeah, and they've and they've already asked of us to be very patient with it with you know how they tell this story sure. so it's not that i hated it it's just uh you know i just wanted i just wanted a, that menacing edge that i know uh he's he, capable of and i hope yeah. i hope we see it i think it was illustrated a little bit like yeah. especially when he basically almost kills the mandalorian mm-hmm. you know he pulls out his little pistol he shoots the explosive yeah no that was great and you see him get shot and you're like oh it's an explosion he's fine and then when Kara's in there and she pulls her hand back you yeah. see all the blood you're like holy shit like <laughs> he's about to die yeah and then i think everyone presumed like oh baby yoda's gonna heal him but then it doesn't happen and they do a little twist i think i don't think i have any like low lights for the episode or the season but if there's one nitpick i have and i think it was illustrated in this episode it's the over-reliance on the Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda, like, pretty much since episode 3-4, has essentially one role that just... It's like a it's like a catchphrase, almost. 
that just plays in every episode. You get the one or two shots of Baby Yoda kind of waddling. waddling around, yep. and then he does something with his force powers to save everyone, right? Mm. Well, not every um, episode, but uh, his cuteness is right. Is but what ju- they just about. On. Just about, right? And so, and I think it was a little more obvious in this one, like, oh, he's going to save them with the flame trooper. Oh, he's going to save, you know, it's kind of like a get out of jail free card a little bit. Yeah. And so I just hope, again, it's not like a major criticism, but I just, I kind of hope in season two we get away from like, you know, how is baby Yoda going to be cute and save everyone this week? Yeah. Um, Type of deal. Mm. And then... This isn't a low light either, but it was just an observation that kind of was like, "Whoa, this is weird." Was the uh, the fairy droid, with which was like <laughs> that thing was creepy. It looked like an astromech, and then it got up and it had arms <laughs> and legs. So I was like, "I'm like, is this a mutant? Like, what's happening?" Here? Remember, I keep <laughs> saying that Star Wars is going to show us the droid rebellion, sure, and that the droids have already started. Yeah, they've already they're already getting themselves. Into position, even the astro the astromech droids are giving themselves limbs and uh, all kinds of crazy <laughs> stuff but to get ready for the droid overthrow. Well, so here, but it's here's coming. The, wait, wait, hold on a second. Based on what we know from Rise of Skywalker, droids have some like base fundamental programming that seems to be universal to all droids. For example, C three PO can't read ancient Sith. Yeah, it's written and buried deep in there. They have to have something where it's like. Don't rise up and destroy the world. No, I'm sure. And Programming I'm sure, built in somewhere. I'm sure it's there. But if you think about it, we have seen multiple times droids, like R2-D2, C-3PO, um, and Solo. And, and Solo uh, the oh, droid. the one that goes into the Falcon. Yeah, the Falcon. Uh, in Rogue One, oh, yeah. they keep showing droids H-Rapa. that if they don't get their memory wiped, they develop personalities and defects that makes them more alive. Right, yeah. flaws. Con- IG eleven, honestly. Yeah, yeah but the the Star- overthrow. The Star Wars universe has been going for X amount of time in Star Wars land. It hasn't happened. Doesn't Why mean it can't though. Would it Doesn't happen? Doesn't mean it can't happen. Mm. I feel like that. I don't know. <laughs> yes, yes. You know, like the human race went for thousands of years before it went to space. That's not true. Prove it. We were in space first, and then we crash landed. Mm. So maybe maybe Star Wars started off with the droid overthrow. I okay no no I don't <laughs> ever want canon. How did the Star Wars universe start? That would be no, like a Big Bang. No, I don't want that. No, yeah, that no, 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 no. Okay, I, if that happened, it would be very like for, it'd be like a Force thing. Nope, don't it'd want be that like either. The force nope. and like the. Force I just don't want to know. Whatever. Yeah. Don't need to know. Don't it, care. Th- something should be mirrored with us, and I think the unknown <laughs> of how the here, universe here it is. Here, here, here's the sh- here's it. Here it is. Crossfade into. Crossfade and Dolly in on a cottage uh, out in the wilderness. Go in through the window. You see a man sitting over a table writing. He picks up his mug. On his mug says, I'm the best director. Puts the mug down. Camera focuses on mug. Pans up. It's George Lucas. He's writing Star Wars. That's how Star Wars started. Yeah, there you go. With some and, and, and that's like in some kind of like Jedi temple. That holocron, <laughs> playing that over and over again. What did you guys think of the Mandalorian blacksmith battle? I mean, she's a badass, so but, yes. But uh, did anyone else find it kind of just awkwardly placed in the episode? What do you mean? Like, what did it... I, don't, I, I was just confused by the meaning of the scene, I guess. What, like, uh... It's a, it's her just, dying, or what? No, she, she, didn't did, she didn't die. 
She lived. Yeah, what happened to her? She so, beats so the shit out she of. Just, she beats oh, up she a wins. bunch yeah, of stormtroopers. Yeah, yeah. Six stormtroopers. Yeah. She destroys. But I guess just from a story standpoint, it's to set up season two. Yeah. She basically tells us what's going to happen next. She tells. She gives them. No, 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 not that part. Oh. The part of her literally killing the stormtroopers. What was the point of showing that in the episode? To show that she's still around. She's still around. She can fight. She's probably the best fighter that we've seen in the show so far. Yeah. And uh, I have a prediction. I'll now wait for my until we get to predictions. But I have a prediction. Prediction. Uh, I think that, I remember you said it. I think when we watched it. No, no. I have a season two prediction. Yeah, you said it. What? <coughs> that the Mandalorian. Oh, oh. I don't think it's her. Now that I think about is it. Is Darth Maul. No, I thought maybe we will get to our predictions at the end. Come on. Well, this isn't a prediction. Oh. I thought that maybe she might have been uh, Sabine. Is that her name? Bean Sabine. Satine. Satine. No. No Sabine. Sabi- Sabine. Sabine. Yeah. Sabine from Rebels. From Rebels. Yeah. Hmm. Well, no, I d- Soak I is dead. So yeah, Soak is dead. So it's possible. I don't. Well, think Filoni is, says she's not again. I don't worry about what they say because they don't know. <laughs> Dark saber. All right, here we go. Dark Saber. That's dark why. That's why I'm thinking maybe that she is Sabine, because Sabine and the Dark Saber are one, right? No, but she's the, not the the last character that has the Dark, the dark Saber, saber yep. that we've seen in continuity is Satine's sister, uh, whose name is Bo Bo Katan. Bo Katan. Oh, so maybe it's maybe Bo-Katan. it's Bo Katan then. So Bo Katan has the saber. Yeah. We know that grief. Uh, the the event that's been mentioned but we haven't seen is the um what's the what do they call it the liberation the destruction something of Mandalore right that grief so grief was there right uh, the Mandalore even says the only way he knows my name is he's been to Mandalore yeah and he oversaw the the attack on Mandalore right yep. so that's how he, he got it probably when he was on Mandalore because yeah. Bo-Katan was there so she's probably dead if he has the, the dark saber, saber. Yeah. no but n- think about it though it, it, the whole thing might be setting up though like the sh- confrontation between that's why they had her show her that's why they show you how she could take on like 10 stormtroopers at once it's gonna set up some kind of showdown between her and uh and the moth and then and there's obviously personal history there right if it's if it's bo-katan or if it's sabine bane sabine bane sabine so uh That'd be interesting. That's uh, It'd be uh, weird. We have an awkward silence now. That's because I'm processing the silliness that you just said. What? But you know the, I'm right. But the dark saber showing up. What? What was that moment for everybody? I was like, what? I mean, to me, it took the show to another level. It took it. It's like, I don't know. It, I think it really depends on how the rest of the the show goes. Like, sure. you know, you hope that. I n- if Dave Filoni is involved, they already know what the significance is. You know how, like, in the new the new Star Wars trilogy, they play with things, and you're like, I don't think they understand what how important is. some yeah. of the imagery is they're using, and it's, like, <laughs> just cast aside. Sure. Like, they Are you talking they'll, like have, they'll have, like, shots of, like, different ships, maybe, or, you know, just different things, and I, it's like they don't know, understand the significance of it. Right. You, like, you don't trust that they don't even know the story elements that they're telling. Yeah. With this, I do trust them because Dave Filoni is involved. Filoni, to me, is the closest that Star Wars has to like a Kevin Feige. Yeah. Oh, like tying it all together because yeah. because like Feige worked closely with Stanley and a lot of the architects of Marvel. Hmm. Uh, same thing with Filoni; he worked very closely with George Lucas in developing Clone Wars. He's picked that guy's mind a ton. Yeah. So I, I, I feel he like still does. Yeah, right. and so I think he is one of the most he is the one of the most trusted sources you can have on Star Wars. Like you said, I think. He knows exactly what, what everything it means. is, and yeah. it, it's just it's just cool to see because I think Ravi, you mentioned it. 
um, after episode seven. It's like, you know, is um, Moth Moth Gideon force sensitive? And when I first saw that, I didn't really, I you know, I saw the light coming. I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> he has a lightsaber. Yeah. Right. Yep. And I'm like, he Ravi was right. He's force sensitive. And then you see the dark saber, and you're like, holy oh. shit, that's the dark saber. Yeah. But it's not like it came out of nowhere, right? Because once we learn that information that he was right. involved in the siege of Mandalore, right? You know, then it's like, oh, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. But here, here's a question to play devil's advocate. For sure. There was another movie that came out last year called Solo that had a similar type of shot. Maybe not as crazy. Maybe that it didn't make people go, "What the fuck? I'm so confused." But the shot of like Darth Maul at the end of Solo. Well, it, 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 people were definitely confused because a lot of people thought he was dead. Yeah. Do you think though, doing things like that, throwing in like this sword, do you think it potentially you're isolating audiences by doing that, or do you think it's a cool, smart marketing way to kind of pull stuff in? Because actually, as I'm saying this, yeah, a friend of the podcast, Zach Schwartz, texted me a bunch. And was like, what the hell? Asking all these questions. And I believe he's actually going to go and start watching like Rebels and Clone Wars now. So he can get in on all if the... You go, like, if you go online, there's a ton of guides of like, what is the Darksaber? What episodes of Clone Wars and Rebels should, should you, you watch, watch? Yeah. to find out what it is? And I think a lot of people are now going back and rediscovering Clone Wars and Rebels. And I think that's cool. I think it's... I think it's something like it's up to the fan, right? If you're heavily invested and you want to find out, there are all those guides and things, and you can go back and can watch those shows and that information. Or you can literally go to Wikipedia or Google, find out what it is, and like, cool, now I know what it is. That's as far as I want to go. It's gonna do both. It's yeah. gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna inspire a lot of people. I'm sure a lot of people were like, when they first saw it, were like, what kind of lightsaber is that? I've never seen one like that. Uh, and then when people realize, when they go online and start figuring it out, it's going to inspire some, and it's going to frustrate others. Yeah. I think, and it might be an age thing, not to be ageist, but the older you are, the more and the less that you're invested in Star Wars, the more it will frustrate you. Sure. And I think that's just, that's at least how I've seen it play out among people I know. Seems like the younger people, my age or younger, they seem to like, they're all in. They'll buy in, they'll read about it, they can watch it. People who are older, they're like... They feel a little bit isolated, or it's like, okay, I I have other things to do than, you know, binge watch a show, read a book, see some comic books, you know, read some comic books, that kind of a thing. So, it's both. But as they know, but at this point, they should know you can't please everyone. So. Well, what I like about it is it's taking a risk. You're taking yeah, a risk it is a big risk in yeah. terms of where the show is going. You've you've locked in on this thing. Same thing with Solo did, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Darth Maul is the architect behind this this thing. Obviously, we're not going to probably see that story again unless, you know, they tie it into one of these Disney Plus shows. Yeah. But I like I like that. I like taking a step. It's it's very Marvel-esque, honestly, yeah. with kind of the MacGuffins and the after-credit scenes and everything and the little Easter eggs. I do have a question for both that of you, actually. Stuff. Yeah. So, Ravi. You have said on many occasions that what you want from Star Wars at this point is to do things that aren't necessarily related to uh, things that you've seen before. Like you like to kind of get away, do like 10,000 years in the past, 10,000 years in the future, whatever it is. Does seeing the Darksaber and then seeing what seemed to be at the beginning this isolated story about, you know, a Mandalorian Mm -hmm. on this like mission – and now they're starting to connect it to some of these bigger pieces. Are you happy, sad, mad, angry? What is your feelings? Since you have said many times, these are your words, that you'd like to see more 
isolated stuff. I think it's okay. Okay. And the reason it's okay to me, um, I think the big, big thing is, like, the Mandalorian mm-hmm. and the child are nobodies. They are mm-hmm. literally nobodies in the worldwide world of the galaxy. Uh-huh. The Darksaber being there is just a tool that shows up here and there. It has a lot of history, and it's done a lot of terrible things. It killed uh, Obi-Wan Kabuzi's love interest. Uh, it slaughtered a crap ton of Jedi way back in the past. So it's a very bad thing. I don't think it's going to necessarily be a thing that will connect us directly to, like, the Skywalkers, for example. Yeah, yeah. Like I, and, and it hasn't so far. In its history of showing up, it's never – trying to re- make sure I'm not, like – shoot myself in the foot when I say this, but it hasn't done anything to propel or relate to the Skywalkers. Mm-hmm. It's its own thing, has its own history. Mm-hmm. Skywalkers, Darksaber, Mandalorians. Are you afraid, though, that they'll beat it to death? Uh, No, I don't think so. Okay. I mean, it's been done. It's showing up. It's not like it's a magical thing. Mm-hmm. It's not like the keys to the Death Star. It's not like it's Luke's lightsaber. Like Luke's lightsaber, holy fuck, that was beaten to death. Yeah, it's its own its own thing. Okay. Well, okay. what's interesting is there is a report from Variety that season two of The Mandalorian will include many cameos from the Skywalker saga. Yeah, that that doesn't mean necessarily it's gonna be Ray or um, Luke or Leia or those folks because like Darth Maul, for example. He he's, he's popping up. We we well got he's he's dead though. Here's the thing. <laughs> there's a picture there's a picture of Ray Park. Ray Park obviously played Darth Maul in episode 1. Uh also played Darth Maul in Solo. Uh there's a picture of him floating on the internet that came out day after episode 8 of him in full Darth Maul makeup screaming. And then I believe the actor Sam Widower Widower can't I'm sorry for mispronouncing his name. He did the voice of Darth Maul in the Rebels and okay. Clone Wars series mm-hmm. commented and said something along the lines of, you know, that's my role or that's my saber. That's my saber. So now people are saying, oh, Maul is going to be in season two of Rebels or the Mandalorian. Or Mandalorian. And a lot of people have come out on Twitter and saying, oh, you idiots. Uh, <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi killed him. Blah, yeah. blah, blah. Right. My thing is, we've seen the, the we've seen Demon Face die already once. You know, for everyone that's saying you, you know, but that to me is beating it to death, right? You've already brought him back once, yeah. And as cool as it was, it is a little ridiculous, yeah. But to do it again, yeah, I think it, it just it it ruins it. it it's 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 just too unbelievable, at and that it, point. it cheapens everything that ho- him and Obi Wan has gone through. Yeah, yeah. You know, it cheapens it because Obi Wan is gone, right? So, well, there's that, but I mean, there's also this could also just be. Um, also, how old would he be at this point? He'd be yeah, but we, he's a death. He's a death. But he's already pretty aged by the time Rebels, Rebels comes around, yeah. which is post, you know, between three and four. Like he's an older, you know, guy. So now this is post episode six. Like mm. he's got to be at he'd least. He'd be like <laughs> I, something. I have a good prediction here um, from Crisis Cal, who is uh, tuning in. Um, they they said I have a feeling it's going to be Ahsoka or Ezra Bridger who they give Baby Yoda to. I like that. Let's actually talk about that specifically. So, obviously, the um, – what would you call it? The Mandalorian Smith? Blacksmith? Yes. Yeah. Um, tells her – tells him, the Mandalorian, he's now 
Hmm. You're a foundling. Yep. You need to either give him to, as the Mandalorian says, magical wizards. Yep, give him to the magical wizards, space wizards. <laughs> space wizards, or give him to his own people, right. his own right. race or whatever. Mm. Uh, so that's he's, interesting. He's too weak to train as a Mandalorian. Is what yeah. he says. Yeah. Wait, who's too weak? The baby? The baby. It could it would oh, 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 survive oh, oh, a man- Mandalorian training. Right. Yeah. I, I just love a uh, real quick aside. I love the artwork that has come out recently, like within the last week of um baby Yoda in Mandalorian armor. Yeah. It's actually pretty cute. Pretty pretty adorable. But uh yeah, you're probably right. So um real quick though, if they were to bring back some of these Dave Filoni favorites into Mandalorian, good, bad, happy, or it depends. It depends. Um yeah, if it's Maul, I think I would kind of. I don't. I don't. I, Maul's arc is done. Yeah, we've done. seen it. The only thing I could, I, I could, would predict. You know, we know that an Obi Wan Kenobi series is coming out. Do we know when that's taking place? It's supposed to take. Well, there's there's some more stuff that's come out in the Kenobi series. Mm-hmm. They are allegedly looking to cast a child, Luke Skywalker. Okay, for yeah. the show because oh, it, it takes place. Boy. It takes place between episodes three yeah. and four on his I mean, time that, on Tatooine. That makes sense. Yeah, of yeah. course. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not he's going to be keeping yeah. an eye on him. Yeah, uh, so it, it does make sense. So it, it is between episodes three and four. I think what probably makes the most sense for characters to show up. I I kind of like the idea of Ezra or Ahsoka showing up because those are Dave Filoni characters. And we need to know what the fuck happened. Filoni, Filoni has mentioned multiple times. He, there's still a story to tell with Ezra and Ahsoka and Sabine. No shit. And, <laughs> and, and Thrawn. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. And I think that would it would be fascinating to tell a part of that story in the Mandalorian show, especially obviously Filoni is highly involved in the Mandalorian. Yeah. You know, he's listed as an EP. He directs episodes. He yeah. writes episodes. Yeah. Uh, it makes. You know, if the show keeps going, you know, Favreau's not going to do it forever. He'd probably hand it off to Filoni at some point. Why wouldn't he do it forever? Because he's a, you know, he's a movie director. He does a lot of high-profile projects. He, you know, I don't, I don't see that. If they want to do The Mandalorian for 10 seasons, Jon Favreau is not going to do it for 10 seasons. Yeah, do you get the impression they're going to be doing it for 10 seasons? I no, get the, I get no, the impression no. it's going to be five seasons max. I, I, I feel think like that's three or yeah, four. Yeah, three or four. Yeah, that's what, that's five is max. That's gotcha. why. Three or four is perfect. Right. Three is. What, but three even, seasons what, is perfect. But even what, then, what, what, I don't know. Bob Iger comes out, yeah, we... We're gonna do Mandalorian until forever. Oh my god! <laughs> Is that, it becomes like soap a soap opera. It's like the lo- it becomes like a hundred year. Oh my god! Show. It's like, can do you remember um, the IG unit from season one? Well, they found him and rebuilt him. No, because I so it's like an, it's like because 24. because the story the story is you know, know the story is of the Mandalorian with Baby Yoda with the with the child. That's what right? it is right now. It could change. I don't know if uh, but oh I that agree. Change it the shouldn't change of the show, but you know. Doesn't I mean? Right. They're like it's Mandalorian. We can do whatever for we want sure. with Disney. No, for sure you could. But I'm saying, give it, us your money. It would be like with The Office going past the Jim and Pam romance, or trying to continue without Steve Carell, mm. or How I Met Your Mother dragging on a premise for eight mm. freaking years, years, and then you get the worst payoff ever. Uh, let's not talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, let's get into our. Let's recap our bold predictions, actually. So, oh yes, Christian, we'll start with you. Your season eight prediction, or se- episode eight? <laughs> excuse me, your episode eight prediction was Mando's face is revealed. So, everyone, good job, Christian. I finally got one right. You yeah, got one right. Woo! Mine was IG Eleven comes gun blazing. I was yep. right. Correct. I was well right. Done. Wow, I'm good at this. 
Uh, Arjuna, uh, Star Destroyer will show up. Sorry, buddy. I got last week, so it's fine. You kind of suck. I went this. bold. I went. You guys went safe. IG shows up. Well, duh, he's gonna show up. I said well, guns uh, blazing. Uh, yeah, what, what, and duh. those guns were blazing. Duh, he's a he's an assassin droid. That was going to happen. The Mandalorian. Arjuna, uh, you shouldn't say. Duh. Episode seven, you had Gina Carano's character returns. Yeah, like, yeah. So safe, come that on, was that, that was safe. How was that safe? That was safe. That's the no same exact level. Oh had returned up the until same that exact point. level as uh, Mando. So Space going in reverse, no. your season-long prediction was Mando. The Mandalorian will have a crew. He did for a temporary for a time period. Mm. Oh wait, he, then you, he got you, one of them killed. You forgot to mention uh, Mercedes, who was on for episode seven. Her oh yes. Oh baby, just Yoda destroys everything. Doesn't really destroy everything. Destroys a flame trooper. Yeah. Gets IG killed. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess yeah, that doesn't really work. I'm afraid. Yeah. She's, she's wrong. Wrong. That was the bo- the boldest I would say of all the predictions. The star destroyer showing up isn't bold. Not no. really. No. I mean, it's like it's like something arrives, something comes, something returns. You know, yeah. it's like whereas Yoda destroying everything is like would be a huge plot point. That would make and a sense, turning point though. of the that entire show. That would make show. sense. A yeah. Star Destroyer showing up didn't make that yeah, much I'm sense. A, I'm a, hey. I would say mine was going bold. Uh, so not the dark, not the new baby. Play, hey, let's bring it back. Let's bring it back. So in terms of season-long <laughs> predictions, Natalie, who was also on one of our early podcasts, her season-long one was that Baby Yoda would heal the Mandalorian. We did. did wait, when did we see that? We did not see. We that. did not see that. She, baby Yoda healed grief. Grief. That's and right. And there was an. It seemed like there was setting up for Baby Yoda to heal the Mandalorian as he was dying. But it was the IG unit that came in with the Bacta fluid <laughs> to heal him. And then our June season long was Mandalorian has a crew, crew, which happened. Mine was we don't we won't know Baby Yoda's origins. I was right. Hmm. And then Christian, yours was we see the origins of the first <laughs> order. <laughs> Maybe we did, and we didn't know it yet. But it's, that's probably wrong. Maybe so. that should be a show prediction. Yeah. That should be a show prediction, actually. I think it's a good show. But let's uh, speaking of bold predictions, I kind of want to hear everyone's predictions for season two. I'll start in Aww. true Arjuna fashion. Uh, a big ship will show up. It's <laughs> <laughs> a star destroyer. There'll be a it big was a ship battle. Ship. <laughs> I had mentioned why oh, it would happen man. because he was standing I in the know, hologram, we know. and then he went into the ship and came down. Yeah. A better one would be like a star destroyer crashes on. Mando's head, or better, that's ba- bold. Or better, Baby Yoda. <laughs> Mandalorian's face shows. No, no, better, that's better, bold. better, way better. <laughs> baby, baby Yoda <laughs> flies a star destroyer. You're just mad because I was right. That would be great. Oh no, I'm just mad that you guys are trolling. It's not hard to troll you, yeah, to be honest. It's pretty easy. So your prediction? What's your real season two prediction? Uh, <sighs> Darth Maul shows I don't really have one to be honest. Well, you gotta come up with something, anything. Anything? It could be as specific. It goes big or as small as you want. And then we'll either I'll rip go, on I'll you go last. I'll go last. I have to think last? on it. Yeah. Uh, well, I've got one. Yeah, yeah, you had one. Uh, the, there's going to be a battle between good and evil. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's bold. No, no, no. There's going to be a battle between Mandalorians and Death Troopers. Death Troopers specifically? Yes. They're so far and few, though. And they're so far and few but Mandalorians. It's perfect. Touche. So and that, that, oh, would be, I got and that would be a sick battle. I got mine. Think about that. I got mine. Go for it. Mine is going to be the season two prediction is going to be we finally figure out specifically why Gideon wanted this child. And it's going to tie directly into Palpatine. No. And, and that whole shebang and cloning and all really? that crap. Yep. 
interesting. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And Wait, would that make not you happy? Ne- or actually, not necessarily cloning. I think it's going to be more on the idea of stealing force energy. Mm, okay. Um, because, and anyone watching, please correct me if I'm wrong or listening. Please correct us if we're wrong. Hit us up on Twitter at Was It Good. In the Clone Wars series, there is an arc, small arc, where <laughs> Sidious is stealing uh, Force-sensitive children. Yeah. And there was a whole reason, and I can't remember why, but I think it was something to do with stealing their, their Force energy. Well, and, that, and that ties back into the big que- one of the big questions from Rise of Skywalker, podcast of that dropping soon from Wasn't Good, uh, that if Snoke was a clone, right? How was you know how was Sidious able to transfer Force energy into Snoke and potentially his own body? As there's been a lot of was was Palpatine's body a clone or the original body? Was he able to transfer Force energy, et cetera, et cetera? Mm-hmm. So I I think the transference of Force energy is a big mystery in the Star Wars universe that has been hinted at, like you said, potentially in Clone Wars. Uh, and potentially maybe with uh, Baby Yoda and Mandalorian. I think that makes a lot of sense, uh, and that's a good prediction. Does that make you happy or sad, though, cause since they're bringing in, they might bring in Palpatine? I don't ever think – I mean, we saw Palpatine show up in Rebels, and yeah, I thought that was going to annoy me, but they did it really, really well, mm. and it wasn't kind of so in your face. Yeah. And here's the thing. They're, uh, he's running the fucking galaxy – no corner of the galaxy can you hide from that. Well, as of 2019. What? He wasn't running the galaxy when they made Session and Eight. It's retroactive. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but potatoes, well, potatoes. Well, no, what what I mean by that though is like he has all influence on everything. Everything sure. that happens in this universe is because of his piss poor decisions or good decisions, depending on if you think what he's doing is good or bad. Mm. Makes sense. Right. Tuna fish. My prediction. No, no, I'm asking. Can you go get me some tuna fish? Hmm. <laughs> My prediction for season two of The Mandalorian is that we see a lightsaber battle. What? What the hell, Arjuna? Between <laughs> yeah. the dark saber and Ezra's saber. A blue lightsaber. Wow. wow. This to, is the safest oh, I'm going boldest and p- specific. Pacific. Well, no, no, no. Specific. you got to name who's the owner of the blue saber. All right. The Ahsoka Tano. Luke Skywalker. Uh, I'm going to say – I'm going to go Luke Skywalker. Wow. Luke Skywalker. A, a, a DH. That's bold. DH Mark Hamill will show up. <laughs> CGI Mark Hamill. DH Mark Hamill will show up, and Baby Yoda will be left with Luke at the end of season two after a lightsaber battle between him and the – I don't know if Moff Gideon will have the dark saber by this point, but I'll say whoever has the dark saber. Um, do you think if they did that, June? This is a question specifically for you. Yes. That they uh, who who's the actor who plays Bucky in um oh um Sebastian something Sebastian Stan yeah Stan Sebastian whatever his name is because he's been linked or he's the fans the fans a lot said, of fans yeah, have said that he looks, looks kind of similar he to does uh, if you look if you look at him. Mark to Mark Hamill, like a younger Mark Hamill. D- would you like to see maybe them like cast like a young Luke like that? Maybe I think that would be okay. But once again, it can't be in your face. Can't be in your face. It's got to be a stealth. And I get it. Luke is figuring out a new Jedi order or whatever. The right fuck. around this time, right? Yeah, right Actually, around this he's, time. He's like training Leia either before or after this. Right. So. 
there is 30 years of Luke Skywalker stories to tell. Yeah. If you think about it. There's 30 years of Luke, Leia, and Han stories, stories to, tell. to tell. And you've already, and cast, you've already cast your Han Solo. It's true. Oh, why, wow, not cast, why not cast a young Luke and Leia at this point and really tell that 30 years of story? I, I don't think that's above Star Wars to do that. Above Disney? Or below Disney? Or sideways of Disney? Yeah. I think I think that's certainly something they've probably talked about. Sure. But we'll have to see. We will have to see. And then if young Luke is, you know, Sebastian Stan as Luke Skywalker is highly received, then he gets his own spinoff on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. I mean, we're going to see. <laughs> we would have to see more of that 30-year period. Like, they're not just going to do, do, do. We're not doing anything with it. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. And I mean, if the stories are simple enough and we go back to, like, the roots, like what you said at the beginning, then it's not this crazy in-your-face thing. At the same time, though, there does need to be some kind of balance where it's not just the Skywalkers running around. You, some of the more interesting stories in Star Wars comes from those weirder mm-hmm. one-off series like Rebels with Ezra, with maybe, Ahsoka. Maybe they should do then, instead of trying to like do all this recasting and stuff, maybe they should just do animated... Like, some, like they did Rebels and Clone Wars, right? Yeah. That takes place, you know... During the first prequel series, the prequel series, and then also after that, but before episode four, you know, why not do the same thing? Maybe have a couple of animated shows that, you know, can help fill in the gaps a little bit. I would be down for that. That'd be great. It's doable. Yeah. Definitely doable. Yeah. So it that time? could happen. It could happen. Is it Krishna. Oh, sh- Was the Mandalorian episode eight and the whole season of Mandalorian good? What if it's two different answers? It's fine. Then tell what us What the hell answers. do you think? No. Arjuna, what? <laughs> yes, it was good. Arjuna, was Mandalorian good? Yes, and it is the best thing that Star Wars released in 2019. Damn, son. That is accurate. It Ravi, is was accurate. the Mandalorian season eight? I mean, season one, episode eight. <laughs> Whoa. Good. And season one. Yes, good. it was. And I'd like to say that I predicted this at Star Wars Celebration in Chicago. I looked at Christian in my hungover state. At the panel, I said, this is going to be fucking cool. You, Ravi, you say that about a lot of things that you Shut regret. up! <laughs> you said that about after the Rise of Skywalker trailer that we saw at Celebration. You're like, <laughs> you were having a panic attack next to me when you heard Palpatine's voice. I was like, hey, Who doesn't have a have panic attack? Uh, that voice is scary. Yeah, I think Rogue One, when you saw that, the trailer, you're like, this is going to be amazing. When you yeah. saw the um, Last Jedi, you said Mark Hamill was going to win an Oscar. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> did say that. <laughs> you owe me a spray tan, bet, motherfucker. Uh, you said Mark Hamill. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry that I have hope in a franchise that's going to be beaten to death more than parents trying to get their kids to eat vegetables. Here's a question, though. Iris failed, by the way. Are you going to watch it again? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was actually sitting here thinking, man, I've got like the rest of the day to do nothing. Maybe I should watch that. Hey, uh, actually, so for our listeners, uh, me and Ravi are going to attempt to cosplay as the Mandalorian. Ravi is going to attempt to do um, shiny Mandalorian after he gets new armor, and I'm going to attempt to do pre-shiny Mandalorian. Oh, here's the question, though, for the shiny armor. Is it going to be with the jetpack and the sigil? Mm. It really depends on two things. Money <laughs> and more money. <laughs> yeah, so money and more money. Fair, I'll fair. start a GoFundMe. No, I'm kidding. That's stupid. I'll just work harder. So, yeah, if you're interested in following us and uh, acquiring this stuff and trying it on and pretending to be, you know, space warriors, then uh, you should check us out on Instagram and Twitter and uh, all those other things. 
that Rabbi is going to tell you about right now. Yes, yeah, so follow along on the journey. Follow along for our other podcast at Was It Good on Twitter. Was It Good uh, on Twitch, which is twitch.tv slash Was It Good. On Instagram at Was It Good BTM. We do podcasts on movies and TV shows. We do? Yes, sir. Wow. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.